Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good. Hanging out outside with some birds chirping. <laughs> <laughs> Looks great. <laughs> but yeah, um, before uh, you know, we begin, just wanted to introduce myself. My name is Jabril Osman. You know, I started this platform called Studio One. Uh, it's a platform based out in Toronto where I get to interview you know, international acts like yourself, you know, acts across Canada and local acts in Toronto mainly because I feel like we don't have too many media platforms in Toronto. So I really wanted to build this, you know, for our city. So amazing to get you on it. Cool. Yeah, dude, it's great to, great to be here. Minnesota's, you know, reasonably close to Canada. So yeah, exactly. we're almost there. Uh, before we really begin, can you just, you know, briefly introduce yourself and then we'll get started. Sure, yeah. Uh, I'm Jake Lupin. Uh, I play in a band called Hippocampus usually, uh, but I'm putting out a record under uh, my last name, Lupin, um, right now. So it's my first solo endeavor. Amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, just in general, you know, before we really dive into the music, with quarantine, you know, how have you been handling that? You know, how is life? You know, have you been in Minnesota the whole time? Like, you know, how has it been for you? Yeah, I've been in Minnesota pretty much the whole time. Um, it's been good. I've just been working a lot. Um, in addition to like making music for this project in the band, I also do production. So um, since quarantine started, I've been working on a couple different projects, which has been cool. Uh, I've been staying busy there. Um, on obviously, like in late May, Minnesota kind of like went up in flames with yeah. the murder of George Floyd. Um, so that was a pretty crazy thing to live through. Uh, went out like protesting a bunch, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so it's it's been just a f- fucking weird time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I know you went to you know performing arts school, and um, a lot of artists, you know, when they're really starting out, you know, school is kind of this thing where. You kind of decide, you know, is it going to be school education that's the path or it's going to be music? You know, for you, you know, you had this opportunity to go to an art school. You know, talk to me about how that helped hone your craft and the way you gained from, you know, being there. I know that's where the band kind of came together. But for you personally, how did that help? I think being in a program where, like, it was so focused on on growing as an artist was, like, the most important part of, of what I got from high school, like, building a community um of artists was probably like the biggest part like all my friends who i hang out with now i went to high school with it felt like very much like a college sort of campus like i kind of got college out of the way in high school like it was an open campus um and you had like majors and track focuses so for me i like majored in vocal performance yeah. so i studied like opera singing which is kind of crazy <laughs> Not and I, I did that for like four years um which gave me like better control over my instrument. Um, all my friends were in the instrumental track, so they studied like jazz music. Um, so I was like in bands with them all the time. So I'd be able to pick up on like what kind of things they were doing, what they were learning, just like, you know, by association sort of like, oh dude, can you show me that chord? Like what the fuck is that chord? Or, like, yeah. what are you playing here? Um, so I was able to kind of get the best of both worlds in terms of like learning better control over my instrument as a vocalist and then also like learning from my friends like you know music theory and and songwriting for sure um i know you know a large part of your career is with the band but i really want to dive deep into you know this this new solo record but just briefly you know how has 
being with the band, you know, and releasing records and doing shows, how has that helped you into this um, stage in your career going, you know, releasing a solo record? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much like grew up on the road. I mean, we started the band when I was like 18 and then we were on tour like when I was 19. Um, So I just had to grow up like really quickly, like as a musician, as an artist. Um, And like starting that young gave me room to like grow as I was getting older. Like we had a platform from an early age and like high expectations. So I had to keep getting better at my craft in order to kind of keep up with the way music was changing. Like, yeah. I didn't want to just be known for what I did at like 19. I wanted to like keep improving and growing. Um, so that was like a big thing that I learned. And then just being around those guys, like they are all such incredible musicians and songwriters. I think that we've all learned a lot from each other and we've all grown a lot from each other over that time. Um, also just like getting into production, like I never recorded before hippocampus really. Like I recorded when I was really young and then, I took like a long break from it in high school. I didn't like have a good computer recording program or whatever. So when we were making our first record landmark, I bought a laptop and pro tools and a microphone so I could record my own vocals. Yeah. So I always hated thinking in the studio while there's like everyone there. Um, so like at the very least, like the, the band gave me like the need to get a computer and like start recording. And then I got interested in production and then I was like, Oh man, I really would love to make my own record at some point and record it and like produce it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it gave me the means to kind of be able to do this sort of thing. And also the fan base too, like coming out with the project and like knowing that there's people that already like fuck with what I do, you know, gave me the, the confidence to be able to be like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Let's go. Let's see what'll happen. Yeah. You know, I'm not starting from like zero. I'm starting at like, you know, 30% maybe of what hippo is. Yeah. Um, growing up, you know, listening to music, listening to artists, you know, going into, you know, debut album, you know, what does a debut album mean to you? And, you know, what does it feel like for you putting a debut record out, you know, in terms of just artists that you grew up listening to, you know, you kind of are in that same, you know, vein, you're about to release this uh, introduction to yourself, you know, you know, your own experiences. How is that? Uh, I think it's really great. I mean, like, again, when I first released music with with Hippo, I was like 19, you know, so I was like a very different person from who I am now. And you only get to debut a project once. So like when we dropped Hippo, there was like, with that early shit, there's always going to be expectations based on like that early stuff. Like with this record, like there was no expectations of what it was going to be. And I got to just document who I was in the moment and like, use everything that I learned and everything, you know, all the ways that I had grown as an artist to be able to like put this project out the right way. I kind of knew the pitfalls like previously of like releasing music and, um, yeah, I like knew all like the, the tough parts about it. So I was able to like, like the learning work curves. the release yeah. better this time around. Yeah. And, um, you know, this record, I've read that, you know, it, seems freeing to you you know uh maybe in the past you felt like you had to hide certain things you know for on this record you know what does that you know mean to you know in terms of just letting it all out you know yeah is it cathartic you know yeah when you're in a band like you just have to compromise a lot you know on your own vision like the music we make within the band is very much like the band sound and the band's music so like even if it doesn't necessarily appeal to my taste it like appeals to whatever the vision that the that the band has, you know, it's like a democracy. And with this project, I just didn't have to compromise anything. Like it was fully like my vision and my taste. 
And it was like the first time I've been asking those questions of like, oh, what do I want to do here? And I have to answer like every question that I have, which is, you know, like all of it rests on me, um, which was a challenge um, being so different from what I was used to. But like it was a really healthy exercise and I learned so much from it that I could bring in it like further collaborations that I do. I think once you like know yourself as an artist by doing something like this, it just makes you better in every other collaboration that you that you have moving forward. Yeah. And um, I know, you know, you worked with uh, producer BJ on this uh, record. I got a chance to listen to, you know, the record in its entirety. You know, the production is really incredible. You know, the vocals are really great and they shine through, you know, for this record, you know, in terms of the 80s. And I think, you know, you guys worked with, you wanted to be, make it modern and you touched upon like Tears and Fears and Prince and stuff like that. You know, how did you guys cohesively come to the record? I know you started writing it or working on it during the Bambi's release. How did you guys come together to craft this record? Uh, BJ and I had talked about doing this fellow record basically like right after Landmark dropped just because we always like worked well together I think like when it was the band mix with BJ it was like a more challenging approach just because there's like so many opinions floating around um, and like different tastes but BJ and I's taste always have kind of like aligned um, so I just pulled up with like a, a bunch of demos that I had made on my computer and I would just kind of like hand them off to BJ and a lot of them like we use the vocals from those like BJ would take my melodic elements um, and then kind of like put drums that like hit really hard underneath it and like affect it in a crazy way. So like most of these songs I made and like on my laptop and just like dropped them off with BJ and then he did his thing. And then we were just like, oh, this is cool. Um, but I wrote like a, a bunch of songs. I wrote like probably like 22 songs for it and we narrowed it down to like eight. <laughs> yeah i always like write a bunch for a project and then kind of like pick the best ones out of that i'm very much like a, a quantity over quality type sure. of creative yeah and touching on you know this idea of you know you producing you know i read that that's something you really want to do and during quarantine you've been doing that you know i actually had a chance to talk to samia you know around her the baby record i just oh sick yeah just recently i know legends yeah i know you've legend for her too uh, <laughs> talk about that you know because as an artist there are so many different you know, pathways you can take you know being in a band you know releasing your own records producing talk to me about that aspect i think like fulfilling another artist's vision is like it, it's, it's like almost more satisfying than like making a song yourself to like make something for someone else and see them be stoked with the way that their song is portrayed is like way more magical because you could like appreciate the song and appreciate the artist in a way like you never can with yourself like yeah. i can look at sammy and be like you are an incredible artist and like your songs are incredible and like what you're doing is amazing you know more so than she'll ever be able to see in herself and like showing her that being able to be like listen to how like incredible you sound and like yeah. you know building a palette behind it that like highlights her voice in like the best ways and her songwriting in the best ways um so yeah, it's just like way more gratifying even than doing it on your own. Just bringing that like, it's like rediscovering music again, like what you love about music. Yeah. So in a sense, you know, there's a lot of fulfillment in that. So I guess, you know, in the future, you do see yourself really diving into that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing stuff. So um, yeah, I've just been like working with more artists. I really like me and my friend Caleb who worked on my record and also worked on um, Samia's record um, and our friend Nathan have a band called Baby Boys and then we also do like producing. Um, so we just have some like lofty goals about like bringing artists in Minnesota and like kind of making Minnesota like cool again and making it like a hub for um, 
hub for artists. Like we want people to come here and we want to build out like a strong scene here and uplift the artists here and also just bring national artists, like I was saying, like to this spot and just yeah. like get cool people coming through Minnesota. Cause there's like so much crazy energy here right now. And I feel like that's an important time to capitalize on it. That's actually like really important too. Cause, you know, for me building studio one, that's me building like a media in, our, in my city. So for you, you know, what's, you know, Minnesota's music scene like, you know, of course you're part of it, but what is it like from, from, a Toronto person's perspective, you know, I'm not too sure what goes on there for you, you know, what is it like? Um, it's pretty diverse, you know, there's a bunch of cool, like, um, it's like changed a lot. It, I feel like it's like in the process of changing right now, probably like five years ago, there's like a bunch of like hip hop collectives here that were really cool. Um, there's always like indie rock and indie folk. And those are kind of like the three primary genres, but it's like flipping over right now. There's like a generation like younger than us. Um, that's like doing some really cool shit. And I like can't even like pinpoint like genre, like genres like so dead. It's like, there's all this crazy, like crossover going on, uh, genre wise. I think it's like in the process of, of being built. So it's hard to define it right now. But I think in like three years from now, people will be like, Oh, like, we'll be able to define like what the scene is, but now it's kind of like, I don't know. It's growing. Yeah. It's like in the pro. That, that's exciting. Um, going back to this record and you've released, you know, a few singles, um, talk to me about the few singles they released. Um, I think you released visuals for vampires. Um, talk to me about all of that. And on a, just a side note, how does it feel releasing records, you know, during this time, you know, in the world? It feels like it's definitely, strange not being able to like tour on anything because like performing is such a large part of what i've done for the past like six seven years like you put out a record and you tour it and you know touring is is the way to see how your music is working around the world you know like you can pull up in a place like toronto and see that people are like listening to your music and it's like oh it's like your way of getting feedback on how the records actually do it in a grassroots way um so that's like strange but i do think that people are like listening to a lot more music now just because there's like time to actually like sit down this is a pretty like introspective record so i think it's a good time to like put it out just because people are like able to like sit down and listen to it just because like you don't you can't do anything else you gotta like stay inside and like consume media um yeah so it's like a good time i'm stoked to drop these singles like i went harder in like the video and like visual department that I would usually go or that I'd gone in the past, like with the band. Um, Aaron Anderson is like kind of, is like a heavy hitter. He did like the vampire and murder video and he's worked with Bony Bear a lot. I've always been a fan of like what Justin has done aesthetically. So it's cool working with him. And then the dude that did the first video, Lil Fuchs, um, I've been a fan of like for a really long time. He made a This Will Destroy You video. It's like, incredible so i've been wanting to work with him since like the early days of hippocampus and finally this project he's like all right i'm down so i was like hell yeah um yeah and i just like danced in front of a green screen like i shot like you know uh vampire or um murderer and may on the same day it's like this it's (laughs) it was just all like this green screen studio and they're just like all right dance in front of a green screen i was like all right whatever um yeah, and then Vampire I shot with uh, our photographer, Britt O'Brien. Um, shot some, like, camcorder footage. There's, like, a whole video that exists that's just, like, camcorder footage of me in a vampire costume, like, going around town. Yeah. Um, we brought that to Aaron and kind of, like, chopped it. And then he, like, 
animated all those like crazy color things and and um david kramer who does my graphic design did all like the text stuff. yeah i'm stoked at the way everything looks like the aesthetic is like really polished in a cool way yeah um, have you had a chance you know to show the rest of the bandmates you know this record uh, have you had that time yet or like and, and yeah so yeah how, i said i'm like pretty much right after it was done um and they were all really stoked on it. I didn't show them it like while I was working on it, like at all. I kept it like super tight. I was like, I'll show it to you guys when it's done. Like that's usually my mentality. Like I hate sending like demos and stuff out. I like to just show people things uh, when it's done. So I waited until like the very end of it, and then I like showed them it. And they were obviously all like very supportive and stuff, and they all have their own projects, and um, we all like work on each other's shit. Like Whistler worked on. Um, a couple of the looping tracks just like through some like auxiliary percussion on it um so yeah it's like all in the family it's like that scene i was talking about like we yeah. all play on each other's stuff and we all like you know we we are a band but we're also like a collective of individual artists as well yeah. um how does it feel this time around you know the record is uh, being released you know in a week or two now, you've, re you've released records with Hippocampus. You know, you've seen how the reception has been. It's been out in the world. For this record in particular, you know, how's it going to feel when it's out in the world and it's um, your record, you know? Is there anxiety around it? You know, how is it, you know, how does it feel being so close to being out? Having a record is a lot like giving birth. Um, and I think, like, postpartum depression in terms of, like, releasing an album is, like, a, a very real thing. Like, yeah, for sure. There's this dude, Al Sparhawk, who plays in a band called Low, and he produced the very first Hippocampus record. And he told me once, um, we were sitting outside the studio after we listened to songs for like the first time after they were all done, just kind of like meditating on it. And he's like, this is the closest that you'll ever be to the songs. And when you put them out, that's like when the rest of the world gets to own them. You know, like you own them until the moment it's released, and then everybody else owns them. Um, so, I, you know, I'm bracing myself for that. It's, it's always like a weird you know, sadness. I was even talking to Sammy about that. Um, you know, it's like, everyone's like freaking out about it. It's this cool thing, but you know, you're kind of mourning for the fact that like, it's no longer yours. It's, it's everyone else's. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, with records an artist can hold on to that piece of record for a year or two. And, you know, as fans, you know, we just get it immediately, but we don't know how long that artist has kept it inside them, you know? Yeah, totally. How long that baby's been a cooking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, usually when I get to like near the end of interviews, I would ask like an artist, you know, how's the rest of your looking, you know, I usually have like tour dates, you know, I've seen and you know, because of COVID, you know, uh, that has all stopped. So for you and, you know, particular, um, throughout this journey of your career, you know, Hippocampus, we know with this record, um, what's something you've learned about yourself personally that has elevated your music, you know, something you didn't you know, know when you were at the performing arts, you know, what's something you've learned throughout this journey that's really made you a better artist? Mm. That's, a great qu <coughs> that's a great question. <coughs> hmm. I think just like a sense of like self-confidence and then also just like understanding my tastes and like what I like as a human. And I think that like extends beyond art into everything. Like I made this record about a breakup and, you know, I was with this person for like seven years from the time when I was 17 until I was 24. So basically like growing up, I had like lived my life like kind of like for this person that I was with and then for this band that I was with. And I just kind of lost touch with like what I liked. 
um, and who I was. And I think this record, like, gave me the chance to, like, find that again. It's like, what do I like musically? And then, like, during that time in my life, it's like, what do I like in life? You know, yeah. like, who do I want to associate with? Who do I want to be with? Like, what brings me joy? Um, yeah, it was like therapy. I don't know. Like, making this record was like therapy. It's a therapeutic time. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing, man. I think that's what music is. And touching upon, you know, being on quarantine and this idea that, you know, we're all at home. I think music right now is something that is amazing for, you know, us that we get to listen to a body of work. And it's good that, you know, you're in a space where this feels great to release and it's therapeutic and it's going to help you out in the future. Totally, man. Hope it helps other people out, too. Exactly. Um, man, uh, yet again so happy that you were a part of you know studio one really happy that we've had this conversation uh thanks for you know taking the time out you know um i hope you know you have a great rest of the day you know i can't wait to see this record live you know um, i'll be in toronto you know just waiting <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> um, thank you so much man amazing questions really great interview really thanks, appreciate man. it really appreciate it thanks again man have a great yeah. rest of the day thanks Alex. yeah take care take care peace